Welcome back to another episode of Fight in Progress, a podcast conversation about our men and women in law enforcement and the challenges they face. With lead stress coach and founder of Under the Shield Foundation, Susan Simmons, and Arizona police officer, Ace Walker. Thank you to Universal MMA and Fitness for sponsoring today's episode. You can find their info in the description below. Welcome to our 14th podcast, technically the 13th, but we're not doing 13 in the year 2020. Yeah, we don't want that bad juju. Gosh, we've had enough crap as it is. <laughs> That's for sure. We don't need any more. But just so. so you guys aren't confused, I'll put 13 somewhere in the title so you can still find it. Right. Yeah, we, we don't want to confuse anybody. Yeah. That's for sure. It'll be like an anagram or something <laughs> fun. <laughs> but anyway, so what are we talking about today? Okay. So last week when we were talking to uh, the colonel mm-hmm. uh, from Alaska State Troopers, we got talking on a lot of leadership principles and issues. Uh, he kind of emblemized a lot of what we look for in right. good leaders. <laughs> uh, so it got us talking a little bit on it. And I wanted to go through and talk about how to deal with um, leaders that are causing a problem with you, right? Or maybe they're not causing the problem. That's a bad way to word it. How about leadership that maybe you don't exactly respect, right? That you're having an issue uh, working well with this leader, right? So, and I'm going to just speak from my experience because I have uh, kind of an ugly history of this kind of through my whole life with all the jobs that I've had. Oh, um, I've had my share. I sure yeah. <laughs> 28 years, I haven't been the most liked person walking into a police department. That's why there's a bulletproof vest from 1993. <laughs> it looks like it's been around since about, you know, 1800s. But yeah, it was brought to me. At we'll have to get TV you a new one. one time. And, oh, I have a newer one. And but we should take that one out and see if it's still good. I bet you yeah, it still is. That one just has, has memories to it. Let's put it that way of a major who absolutely despised me at Montgomery PD that I never yeah never even met but I, but I think one thing we have to talk about first though is and it, I'm hoping we actually have supervisors listening yeah. but if you're one of those people who maybe one day will be a supervisor I think we have to talk about things about leadership styles and why people supervise the way they do and what makes them not a leader yeah and you know one of the things in the supervisors course that we teach is uh, and it's called why good cops make quote bad close quote decisions, and it's um, turned out to actually to be a pretty in demand course when COVID's not driving us all nuts. But one of the books I recommend is called Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. One. And it's actually out. I think last time I looked, you could actually download it for free. Really? Yes, in a PDF file or something, but. It, you know, and, uh, you know, Attila the Hun didn't have the, the greatest necessarily morals and values, but well. but his philosophy is that true leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. Right. And that's why he was respected as a leader. Right. And I think today, and I'm going to guess probably the ones you're talking about you have struggled with that I have also struggled with are those who micromanage. Yeah. So my big thing that I've learned... And really, it was the PD situation that taught me this. So I've had, including this job as mm-hmm. a police officer, this is job 24 okay. in my life. I've been working since I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And all the jobs that I've had, um, of all those, I've probably only quit half of them. The other half I was fired from or okay. like 
vaguely relieved of duty. <laughs> Encouraged strongly um, to leave. Yeah. So I've always had a mouth on me. Yeah. Um, I like to have my opinion heard. So I have an ego, right? As Jocko would say. Yeah. Um, and so I, I listened to a couple of different things. I made a post today on Facebook and I, I just said, uh, told my other sheepdogs, just watch the damn video. I'm not going to explain it. So and it's a it's Jordan Peterson and Jocko, like my two heroes, <laughs> talking. Um, and so I was I was watching that one, and I watched a couple other Jocko videos on like how to lead from a subordinate position, leading up the chain of command, stuff like that. Because one thing I learned from this particular leader uh, that I did not respect in PD was that I created a lot of my own monster with okay. that guy, right? Um, not to say that he led properly or that he was a good leader or that he was educated properly or that he was even worthy of the position, right? Right. But all those opinions that I just expressed, sure, that was part of p- the way that that came out when I was on his squad as he was a brand new sergeant. Mm-hmm. It came out as ego, right? I challenged him in public. I made him look foolish, basically to say like, hey, this guy's a joke, man. He's making stupid decisions, putting us in danger, doing stupid things on scenes asking us to do things that aren't proper, whatever it is that pissed me off. And I tried to get the rest of my squad to see it, right? Mm-hmm. And that was destructive to the process. So I, I've learned a lot of things since then. I've read dozens of books and listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts just for this purpose, to never make this mistake again, because I can't control my sergeant. Yeah, I can control myself, and that can have an effect on my sergeant. Sure. Right. So some of the things that I learned, that's that's what I want to talk about, too, is more because I, I want to cover leadership styles and maybe we'll start there. We'll cover well, the micromanaging, I think, is the biggest problem. Yeah. But the system is set up. I don't care where you work. The system is set up to do this. I had a conversation with clients yesterday about this. And it's just like we were talking and I had to laugh when Jim said he promoted up early with 11 years on. Yeah. Are you kidding? You're a dinosaur (laughs) by today's standards. Good gosh. What took you so long? Yeah, my department's like five. (laughs) Well, I've known some two and three. Yeah. And you just go, there's no way somebody's qualified. I'm sorry. Now, if they have an extensive military background. Right. But I don't know if departments even take that into consideration. They should. Yeah. But I don't know that they do. And it's just frustrating to me when it's all about taking a test. A test has absolutely nothing to do with your ability to manage people. No, yeah. It it they they ask questions and they do these things. And this is my biggest issue with the tests that they take is when they don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. That the person who scores the best doesn't get the position and it's preference and all these things. It's kind of a facade. So that that really demoralizes the guys underneath that are sure. getting that are ending up with these leaders. Sure. Because we're not stupid. We know how the process we're trained problem solvers and observers. We're we're watching. Sure. And when the clearest winner doesn't get the position, but it goes to another guy who fits some sort of preference, either uh, minority preference or whatever the issue is that puts him ahead for whatever crazy reason. Sure. We notice. So it, it, it undermines the process and it undermines the value of that leader. Because that, that's exactly what happened with this guy that I'm talking about. Uh-huh. He got into the position, my guess, is simply off seniority. He might have even tested well. He's, he seems like he's pretty intelligent. He just... Uh-huh does stupid things he's sure. he's socially stupid i'll put it that way sure um but it, like book smart he's probably pretty intelligent so he might have even have tested well but we all knew that th- this guy was not leadership material right right everyone knew it we all kind of chuckled when we found out he was testing and he ends up with the position because there are a couple other bad choices well but also <laughs> a test doesn't test at least none that i've heard of anywhere in 28 years test for leadership skills and quality 
And so even sometimes when the person who is first on the list, because they scored the highest on a test, yeah, is still not necessarily the best person. This client I was talking to yesterday, they've been in law enforcement, so they remember when, I don't even know if there was a test, but they were talking about peer um, peers promote, I mean, put in and suggested people for promotions mm-hmm. based on who they're working with, seeing how they are out in the field, yeah. that kind of stuff. That to me is what should count. And I understand that can become a popularity contest. Right. But what's happening is we're testing people and we're giving them the false impression. Well, you did really good on this test. So now you get to go be a sergeant. Yeah over 15 people, and you've never done the job. Yeah, you answered a bunch of questions on policy, so you must be a great right, leader, right? Right, and that's, and that's incorrect, right? But we have tools that fix this, right? There, there are methods that talk about solutions to this problem, because this is not a new problem. Right. So they, what they talk about, what these problems talk about, for instance, I, like I said, I listen to a lot of Jocko. So one of the things he and Leif Babin, and they all talk about mm-hmm. is when they test somebody under a circumstance that emulates the job that they're going to do. Right. Right. So you pressure test the actual skill set. Sure. So you put somebody in a position of leadership with whatever challenges you want to see if they can overcome. Mm-hmm. And then they, if they overcome them, then they do well. That's, that's a proper test for leadership, right? Not, Hey, what's this policy and how do you apply it? That's not leadership. That's administrative. Well, but that's, that's what makes me laugh because I know on the fed system and I know in some in state locals, yeah, it's called the inbox outbox test. <laughs> That's your practical. Yeah. They give you a box full of papers. Mm-hmm. You got to know what to do with them. Yeah. And that's and, and a I, secretarial. Well, and I've heard, I heard a lieutenant when, so, and this isn't to bash this lieutenant in, I'm sure he'll know exactly who he is if he's listening, if he listens, if you are listening, thank you for listening. I'm very yes, impressed. Yes, we appreciate it. I'm impressed with you. Um, but there was an, like I said, I, I had a big mouth, it, much bigger than it is now. I've learned to kind of keep quiet a little better. I really have. I really have. You get beaten uh, enough. Not in this, yeah, not in this office. It. Um, but one, early on, when I had just gotten onto the SWAT team, we were having a debrief on some of the issues that a lot of the guys at the bottom were having. Mm-hmm. And command came in and they were asking us some questions and asking us, you know, what our concerns are and things like this. And one of the things that I brought up that I was particularly frustrated about because I'm not one that always just follows little rules, right? right? Like if they're like, the only these boots are good, I'm going to wear the ones that are comfortable that kind of fit that, right? Sure. So I pushed the limits a little bit. That's what I was doing a sure. lot that, with all my jobs up to this and including PD. Uh, so I created my own firestorm. Sure. But so one of my questions was to the lieutenants in the room, because there were like four and a commander, right? <laughs> a lot of people in that room. Um, not a friendly room for us <laughs> little guys. And so I said, well, why is it that it always seems that leadership is so focused on what pants we're wearing, what boots we're wearing, and never about like, hey, you guys did great. You got a bunch of arrests this week. or Because they pay you to do that. They pay you to do a good job. <laughs> have, have you not been told that? Right. Yes, I have. And, and that's, it that's, infuriates me every time somebody says yeah, that. Yeah, and that's why they're losing a lot of guys to the mortgage industry. Sure, because right they'll pay you better <laughs> and even tell you you're doing a good job. You're right, they'll do both. Absolutely. Because um, they've learned things that the department hasn't learned. Right? Sure. Um, especially my department, it's a young department. As far it's as, everywhere. I'm yeah. telling you, it's and I, I hear that too. So I asked this question, and it was a little more long-winded than that, as you know I can be. Right. And this lieutenant, off in the corner of the room, um, not one that I don't, I don't think we see eye to eye, even still. Uh, we just have different ideas on how things work. Sure. Right? And he said, well, if we can't trust you with the little things, then we can't trust you with the big things, right? 
Uh, yeah. And so like and on its face, like, look, fair enough. That sounds like a fair enough argument. Then take my damn gun and take my badge. If sure. you're more worried, if, if I can't handle shine boots and you think that that means that I can't handle solving an investigation, why am I on the road? Oh, what? let me tell you what the feds did. <laughs> Their analogy, I love this one, was if you'll steal a pencil off the copy machine or a pen, you know, you go to the copy machine, there's a pen there, you pick it up. You're doing something and you walk off with it. Yeah. If you'll take that pen, you'll take $100,000 off a dope deal. Right. Theft is theft. Right. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. The moral implication is a little different. That just doesn't even compute. No. But in, in, they, they make things, and I understand that there's a black and white for a reason. Like for, yeah, you know. There are lots of shades of gray we got to learn to live with too, and, though. And that's where we work. Right. Law enforcement is working in the gray. If sure it was black and white, then somebody sitting, then they wouldn't need cops. They could just have a judge. Sure. <laughs> then, sure. You know, so we, there's there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And mm-hmm. so I'm not trying to bash this lieutenant. I think that this is kind of baked in. I the think, system sets it up. I, I completely agree. It's all about who's at the top. Yeah. And that's why I'd love to talk to a sergeant or lieutenant under Jim, the colonel that yeah. we had on last week. Yeah. Because I bet they have a whole different attitude when he was the colonel because of his attitude. Absolutely. People mattered. He said it. They were his most valuable commodity. They either made him look good or made him look bad. Right. And I think that's what people miss. But like right now, I'm hearing a lot of complaints from agencies around here where they're basically dissecting law enforcement officers' timesheets. Yeah. Seriously, people. No doubt. I, the, I just go. I think the most whatever. popular thing I hear officers say that haven't like dissected this issue yet mm-hmm. when it keeps hitting them in the face, like these little things. Like, uh-huh. Don't you guys have anything better to worry about? Well, that was my. And, that's what I. Right. Asked. And I hear that. Uh, I don't There's know, crime out here. A guys. dozen times a day. Right. Yeah. We're, we're not paper you, pushers. You really have time to sit and go through <laughs> everybody's time sheet and look at the GPS on their car. Right. To figure out if they really pulled in at eight o'clock yeah. or was it eight oh four? If it was eight oh four and they put down eight o'clock, they're lying. And I, the ramifications it's, are just. Yeah. Because of the Brady list now. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. you lie f- five minutes on your timesheet. You yeah. could technically wind up on a Brady list. Yeah. We've yeah. seen it happen. I, I, so have I. I've seen <laughs> some crazy stuff. And it, I, my point with all of this is look, there are, you guys have them. I have them. We've all dealt with them. There are leaders that don't do things the way that we agree with. Right. Right. But there's a right way to address that. Absolutely. Right. So I was combative. Right. I was the guy that would sit in the room with four lieutenants and a commander and say, well, that's dumb because there are more important problems. Right. And then everybody looks at me like, what did you just say? (laughs) Well, they were thinking it and they're like, we're glad you said it. Yeah. But it probably wasn't a good idea. But yeah, it's they people are afraid to say it. And I think it's the same with lieutenants. It's there's a there was something that kind of came to mind when I was talking to a sergeant last uh, two weeks ago. And we were talking about why lieutenants seem so scared all the time. They're, they're, they, at least at my department, Sure. they seem the most twitchy, right? Sure. Anything happens and they're in the room or on the scene and, oh, did this get, go, go over here, tell this person, talk to this person. They're very nervous, right? Sure. And we were trying to figure out why there's so much pressure for them to do all that. And we couldn't figure out why that is. Well, because they're in between... And they have a sergeant who's responsible for all these people, and they don't know if that sergeant's going to make 
them look good, and then they have yeah. somebody above. They're, they're a nobody. It, right. It's kind of like I've always said, sergeants, to me, sergeants have the hardest job in the industry when that's the first promotion. Yeah. Um, some departments still have corporals. But when you're that first position up, you're no longer one of them mm-hmm. below you, but you're also not one of those above you. Yeah. Everything stops and starts with you. That's the group that, to me, I've always said, hardest job in the industry Yeah, from that perspective. And they, they easily gain or lose the most respect. And, and they're the newest at it. Yeah. You know, by the time you hit lieutenant, you should have had some experience as a sergeant, hopefully. Yeah. Unless <laughs> like, you were married s- to the chief's daughter, <laughs> that which helps. I've seen happen also. Because <laughs> if there's a good sergeant, everybody above him, all the way up to the chief's level, they reach out to him to solve problems. And the guys below him, they trust him with their life. Right. Like, well, they should. Right. It, and yes. like I've had, uh, there was one sergeant that he has a lot of years under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, he wasn't a sergeant for a long time. He decided to finally make the jump. Mm-hmm. He had to be the greatest person I ever worked for. He just, he understood relationships. Sure. And th- that building relationships and understanding people and playing support on both ends. Yes. It was like, I hate politics. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was afraid of. I was like, like oh, we you, all do now. You got to play their game and play this game. Right. And he made it not look like that. He made it look like, hey, look, this is what's reasonable. This is what's right. And I'm going to make it look good to these guys the right way. Mm-hmm. And he didn't lie. He didn't like, it was amazing. Watching this guy work was like magic. And sure. he was a dream to work for. And then he, of course, went to a day shift that I can't reach yet. So, <laughs> you know and who you are. Then he'll retire. You know who you are, <laughs> damn it. And, but he was like the greatest leader ever. Um, and that's that we appreciate those leaders so much. So when we're trying to deal with these leaders that aren't this guy, mm-hmm. right? These leaders that are challenges, that are difficult, that are really, um, in some cases, like, I'll, I'll just say it, total pieces of shit. Sure. Right? They really can be because they they can make your life so uncomfortable. I've seen guys, I, I know guys mm-hmm. that are so stressed out by their relationship with their sergeant. Yep. That they hate their job now. Sure. This is this job is way bigger than just who your boss is, right? There's a and, lot going on. And again, a lot of that's coming from being micromanaged. Yeah. It's well, and that's exactly what it seems to be. And like, and the, the interesting part, it's always fun to teach these classes because when I start talking about micromanaging, I can tell who the micromanagers are in the room because everybody looks at them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's who I talk to. Yeah. And of course they are oblivious, don't have a clue. But I don't think those people understand and departments don't recognize that some some chiefs and sheriffs like that. They like somebody micromanaging. It's absolutely true. And what they don't understand is it kills morale. Yeah. I mean, there's a real psychopathology behind it, but it destroys confidence and respect. Yep. It destroys morale. And that, that's a hard thing to come back from. Yep. And it's totally ineffective. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it, it's going to degrade performance. Yeah. Guys are not going to be motivated to do anything. No. And I laugh and said, I watched it happen at Montgomery PD when I started under the shield. And you'd see a guy on patrol test for sergeant, and he'd wind up the sergeant over robbery homicide. Mm-hmm. Never worked a case in a, in his life. Yep. And now he walks in, and he's because he's got these stripes and stuff <laughs> all over. You know, it somehow it affects his gray matter. But he walks in, and rather than walking in going, you know, and I know, I ain't never done this job. Mm-hmm. So you tell me what you need. And I'm here to get you what you need to make your job easier. That would be one of the most respected sergeants right. ever. But instead, they walk in, puff their chest out, and start barking orders and changing things. Yeah. 
And when people go, why? Because I told you to. Mm. Well, favorite line. when somebody tells you, because I told you to, it's because they ain't got a clue. Yeah. And, and there I, are those of us that when you tell us, because I told you to, there ain't a damn thing in the world you can do to make me do it. I tell you that right now. Well, it, <laughs> I got outsmarted by my child, my youngest one time. And he said he wanted me to sleep with him. He was about four years old, five years old. And I said, no, William Marshall, I said, your sister sleeps in her room. You sleep in yours. And Daddy and I sleep in our bed. And this kid looks at me and he goes, well, that's not fair. How come you get to sleep with Daddy and I have to sleep alone? And what do you think I said? Because I'm your mother and I told you to. And I walked away going, I am so screwed when he's 16. (laughs) Because he just outsmarted me. And I didn't know how to answer that for him because that was logic. Yeah. That's logic for anybody any age. Yep. And when supervisors play that, they lose respect. And all they have to say when it comes down from above them, all they got to go is, because I was told to do it, I'm telling you to do it, and I agree with you. You got a better way? Give it to me. I'll run it up the chain. Yeah. Jocko calls it leadership capital, right? And I love it because it makes a lot of sense. So that good sergeant that I had, Uh he could have come into the room and say, hey, guys, we're wearing purple uniforms for the next week. And I'd have been like, that sucks. Why are we doing that? And he goes, don't ask questions, man. Just get it done. Right. And he would have cashed in that credit with me. And I would have done it with a smile on my face. Because I know this guy would have died for me in that lieutenant's office, right? Sure. So I know whatever the reason is, Mm -hmm. I trust him. So I'm going to do it and bite the bullet for this guy. Because he's proven himself before. Right. But if the other sergeant, who I didn't get along with, right, who I didn't respect, he comes in the room and he's like, hey, purple uniforms. I'm going to fight that for the entire hour of briefing. Sure. And I'm going to leave fuming. And I'm still going to try and fight it some other way, right? Sure. And now, of course, I'm, I'll just say, I'm relatively insubordinate. My attitude, my general attitude, right? Sure. If I don't like something, I push against it. And that's been a problem for me, right? Sure. That's, that's my problem. you got to learn to pick your battles. And your that's problem. exactly right, right? So that's not, my, that's not my leadership's fault. That's my fault. Right. right. So for you guys that are listening, that is not the tool that we're trying to learn. No. The, the, the right thing to do is to put your ego aside, right? And we'll get to that in a second. But that leadership capital, that other sergeant had none. Right. He had not earned any of that with us, right? No, the stripes don't give it to you. Right. So he came in the room and he'd start barking orders and people would be like, hey, that we don't normally do that. Why are we doing that? And he'd mm-hmm. be like, because it's the right way to do it. Shut up. Go do it. Whatever. Right. That sure. was the attitude. And it was just like, mm, that doesn't really make sense. So it, we, we hit the attitude of the whole squad sure. undermined him. Sure. Right. So when he wasn't watching, when he wasn't around, it forced him to insert himself in every circumstance to get things done the way he wanted them done. We created a micromanager yep. because we didn't respond to his attitude well, right? right? His attitude wasn't right either. Right. But if we're going to fix that, so th- this is something that I've learned, right? So I was that guy. I fought everything. I tried to be my peer leader and fight for my guys with sure. my sergeant when it was really his job. Right. Um, I would try to challenge him on things, on scenes, in front of other officers. All bad. All bad. All, all Abs- bad. Absolutely. Not the right way to handle no. it. The, the, what I've learned from this is... He had an ego coming in, right? Just like you said, that sergeant that comes into the homicide detectives and yeah. is like, do this. And they're like, uh, you've never investigated a homicide. Exactly. That was this well, guy. Well, we're going to change things because right. I know a better way. Yeah. That was this guy, right? But what do you do when you're under him? You have to put your ego aside and yeah. you have to support him and help him learn really kind of with like subterfuge. You have to do it quietly. It's not, hey, since you don't know anything about this, right. do this. 
It's not like that. It's like, hey, I know you're Sarge and I know you're in charge and everything, but this is how we've been doing things or what? Like you do things subtly. You do things politely. And you don't do it in front of other people. No, because you don't want to challenge their ego, right? If you if his ego comes out, he's going to slap those shoulder, the, his stripes on his shoulder. Yeah, this is and why. This is my way. And you're going to be, then you're going to lose that fight. Cause sure, every time. E- yep. Your ego versus his ego, you're not going to beat your boss. That's sure. the way it is. So it's. What well, it has to ultimately wind up being his idea exactly that's one of the things i've learned if i can get a chief and sheriff to think what i'm bringing into them mm-hmm. is their idea they'll buy into it every time yeah and it's like when i taught college i think i've shared this story with you but when i taught college in a bachelor of science in homeland security and public safety in in birmingham and i remember one time i got to teach the fun classes you know criminal profiling and domestic oh, international terrorism and yeah cool stuff yeah and then one semester they made me teach e-commerce i didn't even know what it was (laughs) i got a criminal justice degree and a master's in counseling and um anyway they said we don't have enough people you got to teach it so i literally walked into the class and i looked at these students and i said let me tell you something i'm gonna be one chapter ahead of you that's all i can tell you i have no i don't even know what e-commerce is but one chapter ahead of you and if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, nobody in the class knows the answer, that's the homework that night. And you get to come teach it the next day. <laughs> and, he, and the academic dean reamed me out. She was like, you can't walk in and tell students you don't know what you're teaching. I said, you think they weren't going to figure it out in a big hurry? Are you kidding me? Right. Why lie to them? Yeah, better to treat them stupid. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And I got instructor of the entire system, which was multiple campuses all around the country. Oh, wow that year because the students respected what I said and I made it fun it wasn't like I went well I don't know the answer y'all look it up yeah never you know, a dull moment with no you. oh no yeah. we had fun no we had a great time <laughs> um some of my students are probably listening and but you know I'd find crazy stuff in e-commerce you know once I figured out exactly what it was and um <laughs> I'd pull it up on the big screens and stuff and we'd laugh and but it was one of those things I, I wasn't going to try to fake it, and I don't encourage supervisors right. new in an area. And I don't understand why departments do that. Yeah. Why would you, for example, you have someone testing for sergeant in K-9. They've been in K-9 for a long time. Mm-hmm. They test. You need a sergeant in K-9, but that person that tests winds up someplace else, and we bring somebody else in who's never been a K-9 to now have to learn how to be a canine and be a sergeant all at the same time. Yes. It's like when DEA, for, when Marshall first got on, they were moving people from L.A. to New York and people from New York to L.A. And we're like, huh, this is not real cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they finally kind of got the idea. They like to get you out of your area. We got that. But rather than moving us across country and somebody else in our spot, find things a little more reasonable. That's how we wound up New Orleans. Yeah. It's it's common sense things. Stop. Just because we used to do it that way doesn't make sense necessarily to do it today. No. And and a lot of the stuff is created hastily because sure. it, out of necessity, right? Sure. Most things are created out of necessity. When you have a system where it's like, hey, we can't have people working in the same area, whatever caused that, right? they were just like, okay, well, then we need to ship this dude over here. Uh, this guy can't be there. We need somebody in LA. And they, then they're going cross country, right? Yes. It's all done out of necessity right there in the moment. When you catch up and you have a breath to take, it's always good to reassess. We fail to do that in law this enforcement. Is, this is expensive. <laughs> yeah, we, we fail to do that in law enforcement because it's getting ahead of a problem, right? And that costs a lot of money and it's hard to justify spending a million dollars. At least it seems to be hard to justify. I'm not in those meetings, but it seems hard to justify to spend a million or more sure. on a problem 
that we don't have yet, but that we foresee, right? That's that's the same problem everybody has. Like, why am I going to buy that type of insurance? I'm not, I'm, my house isn't going to catch on fire. Right. So you don't spend the money. And then your house catches on fire and you're like, oh, I wish I would have got that insurance. Yeah, well, we talked about that. So there's... But it's egos. Egos it, have a hard time saying, I don't know. I right. had no problem walking into those students and saying, I don't even know what it is. This is this is something I've talked about with that really good leader I had. He was a bit of a counselor to me before I met you. Yeah. Um, and he taught me a lot. One, can to, I pass you back to him? But yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, I'll start doing the podcast. Call me and I'll give you back to a bit, give me back to you. He and I are starting a podcast next Monday. Would you like to be a guest? Oh god, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but he he helped me a lot in one saying change your perspective, right? Because a lot of it was. Uh, it's it's my job to have the righteous battle and take out the enemy leader, right? Or whatever it is. I was right. always fighting the fights. Like, dude, you don't have to kill everything with a sword. Right. <laughs> you, can, True. you can plan, right? And then it, it a lot of it was just helping me understand that there's things that go on mm-hmm. behind the scenes that I don't understand. Yes. And that there's always. that these these leaders, they're for some reason they're afraid afraid to fail, right? Or to appear that they have failed. Because they've all failed. They're human. Sure. They're they're gonna screw stuff up. Even him, a great leader, he made mistakes when he was with us. Sure. Right? It was his first six months as a sergeant. He screwed some things up. Sure. It's okay. That's though. how you learn. Right. But and that's but it's it it you don't learn anything if you don't acknowledge the failure. Absolutely. Right? So we have these And laugh through it. Right. <laughs> that's important. We have these people that made it from officer to sergeant, from sergeant to lieutenant, at least at my department, and then from lieutenant to commander, right? That's the scale at my department. Okay. And they're the same person they were while they were on patrol right that's unusual and right and they they don't seem to act any different they have like people that have worked with them people mm-hmm. that i know from other departments who grew up in the department with them 15 years ago mm-hmm. are like yeah they're just the same same as they've always been that's weird you've taken on an enormous amount of responsibility to put on that thing that says commander sure. or lieutenant there should be some things you've learned along the way, unless you've been lieutenant or commander worthy since the day you started the department. Well, it depends on what you mean by the What I mean when you say that, I'm thinking you're talking about they they don't forget where they came from. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> in my experience, a lot of these ones that we have issues with, which I think is most of them, mm-hmm. they were never really one of the guys at the bottom. Oh, 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 oh. So they, they, were, they were not well-liked. They did not... They were not well-respected. And then they moved up. Mm-hmm. Like this other sergeant I was talking about, and they kind of make their way up, which from my end seems to be through a pattern of yes men. Sure, right. That's what a lot of it is because I've th- this sergeant that I'm talking about. So he, to give you guys a, a snapshot of what I see is uh, like a pattern, right? He, when I first had him, he was night shift, right? He moved from a night shift, so our our bids, uh, they're they're patterned every mm-hmm. six months. Went from a night shift. Then his next one was a swing shift. Then his next one was a day shift. And then back to swing shift, right? So he's done four different shifts. Okay. It's the wrong way to do it, but anyway. Yeah, I agree. But every time he moved shifts, mm-hmm. that particular shift was far and away the least bid. They had to place people on that shift. That's clearly not the shift that people aren't bidding for. In law enforcement, we should call that a clue. Yeah, right. So I've, and I've brought this up and I don't know if it's been paid attention to. And everybody always goes, oh, really? I've never noticed that. You should probably notice that. That's my, that's my thought. Sure sure you haven't. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, it's under a rock. So this, this particular guy became a topic of conversation a couple of times. And 
one of the things that I heard from another officer of mine who was meeting with an, a lieutenant trying to discuss the same thing I'm trying to do, make, make it better, right? Sure. Um, he was discussing this particular sergeant and maybe some of what he thought were his shortcomings with mm-hmm. a lieutenant that's above him. Okay. And what this officer reported to me was that they're surprised to hear any of this because this sergeant has appeared to be the perfect sergeant. He's everything they want. And the only thing I could think is, is that's because he doesn't put up a fight at all. It's all about him. Right. So when he goes to a lieutenant's office and they're like, hey, can your guys do this, this, and this? And sure he's they like, can. He's like, sure, I'm going to make them do that. Absolutely. And twice on Sunday. Absolutely. And then he comes to us. No and questions like, asked. And he's like, hey, y'all do this. Shut up and do it. Right. And we're just like, okay. And we just get massacred at the bottom. Our opinions don't matter. Sure. Our ideas don't matter. Nothing matters, right? So we take, no, we get no input. Right. But we take all of the responsibility on because he carries nothing, right? Sure. He's just a proxy for the lieutenant. Right. Who's, sorry, lieutenants, more of a bureaucrat, right? You're mm-hmm. distant from the road. You're thinking budget and policy changes and... Time cards. Time, and, and, and initiating, you know, big scale things. Your picture's really broad when you're that high up. Sure. Or at least it should be, I should think. should be. And so you're seeing this big picture, right? It's the sergeant's purpose to see a little bit smaller picture... And to say, okay, we can or cannot do that or whatever, right? And or then, here's a better way. Right. And then translate it effectively to the men, right? Sure. That's That's the idea. And he wasn't doing that. And But because he would go in that office and it was, yes, absolutely, we can do that. I'll do it I'll, four times. You want it twice? We'll do it four times. And his guys are suffering, right? Um, was he a yes man as a patrolman? I, and that's kind of the thing is, no. He, um, he was... How would I describe him? As, I'm trying to make it less obvious who I'm talking about because anybody from my department's going to argue. I mean, know. would he complain about things, uh, yes. orders? Yes. They were, that's all what the time. I mean by somebody who's forgotten where they came from. Yeah, all the time. They complain, but they don't change it when they get to a place where they could change, make some changes. Yeah. It Now it's, again, well, I might have complained about it, but that was then. Now I've got these stripes. You're going to do it and not right. complain about it. Right. And th- yeah, that is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And I've heard guys that were on a lot longer than me that came up with this guy because he had, he has a few years on. I mean, it has to be double digits by now. Right. Um, and they said the same thing. They were like, it's crazy because he used to be the guy that complained about these kind of leaders. And now go. he is one. Yep. Um, and I don't know what's in that punch that they give them at, when they become sergeants. But like, I, I feel that, <laughs> that good sergeant, I had, I'll call him Sergeant A. He said that when he went to the meeting to become a sergeant, uh-huh. that they requested he stick his head in his ass, and he refused. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, the feds have jokes about the different levels of promotion and plexiglass in the stomach and yeah. stuff, so you can see when you have your head up your ass or up the other person's ass. Yeah, you can see where you're going. So I I think that a lot of this is baked into the process that we allow to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we appreciate when good men become leaders, and then they push up good ideas, and like we. I've been lucky enough to see um, like four or five really good sergeants sure. become sergeants recently. Um, and it's like changing a lot of the attitude down at my level. And it's great. It's it's awesome. We want, and we're like, at the next lieutenant test, you guys go, like, I'm barely off probation. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> well, but the thing about it is, what will happen at sergeant, will it prevent them from wanting to go to lieutenant? Right. And I don't know. I mean, because I've even seen people go to sergeant and be like, oh, this is why everybody turns into a robot and they quit. Right. And then they come back to the road because they don't want to be, or, you know, to patrol because they don't want to be a sergeant. Sure. Um, I, I, I get it. I mean, I can't knock them for it. If it's, if, 
it's that much of a mess. I don't know that I'd want to do it. It's, you know and I mean? it's not enough of a pay differential really to justify, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So I, I don't know that. That's Which is sucks. why we'll beat Chris. It was our guest a few weeks yeah. back. If he even talks about it, me and one other officer at his department will beat him senseless. Oh yeah. He doesn't need to take that back on after yeah. the way he was treated. Yeah. So what, what my suggestion is from what I've learned mm-hmm. is to one, understand that that individual, that, their potential is still there to be a great leader. Sure. This sergeant who I really didn't get along with mm-hmm. and who may in fact be a terrible leader could be a great leader. I don't doubt that. I think it's a journey for him. You know and what I mean? And they have to be open to training. Right. And so that there's there's ways to do it, right? Like I can't make him want to be a great leader, right. right? There's a reason he's not doing it on his own. Right. He either doesn't know or hasn't been taught or doesn't want to. Who knows? I don't know. But all I can do is... If I'm under him, which I've avoided, but right. if it, I've, I've contemplated going back, I just don't know how much torture I want to endure. <laughs> um, but if I'm under him and if the people that are under him learn the principles of becoming a good subordinate to a bad leader, mm-hmm. we could make him better, right? We could guide him without us knowing that we're holding his hand and guiding him right? Sure. down a better pathway to becoming a better leader. We can do that. We can do that. here. And if he completely fails... Well, I mean, at that point, it's really kind of on him. Nothing really you can do, right? Sure. But, but why not at least try and create the circumstance for him to become a good leader? But do they even put people through any type of leadership training when they promote? I know, and again, this was back in the early 90s, Montgomery PD had an arrangement at um, the Air Force Base there, which is the schoolhouse yeah. for so many of the branches of the military. I mean, you can't get better training than you could get there at Montgomery at um, Maxwell Air Force Base. And, but it was really funny to hear them. They'd go for training over there and come back. And the first thing they're told by the higher ups is forget everything you learned over there. Cause we don't do that here. And well, I went, huh? Okay. So we just checked a box. That's crazy. But people think what a waste of time. Well, it was a waste of time. And people think supervisor and leader are the same people. No, no, no. Not even close. No, there are some terrific leaders who never put stripe stars, bars, own in the military, law enforcement, everything. Couldn't agree more. And they remain good. Chris is a great leader. He's not a supervisor. He has been a supervisor. He's a great leader. And he learned. And that demotion was part of what made him a better leader. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I thought he was a jerk as a sergeant. you got to understand how to be humble to be uh, a good leader. That That's exactly right. Yeah, got to remove ego. And it's something you have to, you know, there are some people who are probably born with that leadership quality, but I wouldn't say the majority. And then you get into an institution like a police department, a sheriff's department. And again, the rules are a little bit different and... You know, some of this is because of what the head looks like. Mm-hmm. That dictates a lot of it. But to me, you can train people to do this. But you got to teach them the differences. Yeah. And I think that's something the military has really succeeded at. Well, because I think they do what you were saying. Well, not, not I think. I know they do what yes. you were saying at the beginning, which is if I'm a leader, everyone below me, I am training them to do my job because I'm going to move. And somebody competent is going to have to fill my spot. That's my job while I'm in that spot is to make everybody below me competent. Right. Not dependent on me. Sure. Right. Because if I, if I'm taking control of everything you do because I don't like the way you do it or whatever, you are a nothing. Right. You, I might as well be doing it. Right. You're a proxy of me because as soon as I leave, you're incapable. 
And here's the thing. If you promote, if your department doesn't send you, do it on your own. Everything's at our fingertips with the internet. Um, I taught a class for Haida here uh, in Arizona a few months back, and we had, I invited several of the leaders from the 56 security forces at Luke to come over and sit through the training because I was working with that group over at Luke. And, you know, it was great to have them in there because I was bragging about how the military doesn't do one leadership style. They combine all three, and it's transactional, it's transformational, and servant. And when you can combine all of them, then that's somebody that people will look up to and follow into battle. Why wouldn't law enforcement capitalize on that? I don't have a good answer. I don't either. (laughs) And we keep trying to help them with this, nudging them along. But, you know, some get it, some don't. And it's sad and it's frustrating for everybody. Yeah. So all, all we can do is work from the bottom, right? But it's like Jim said. The key is his door was open, his phone line was open, but don't call and whine. Right. Come with a solution. Yeah. And I think that's the key. Nothing nothing rubs me wrong more than somebody, all they want to do is bitch and moan and whine and complain. But then when you go, okay, so what's a better way to do it? Well, I don't know. That's your job. Yeah, uh, that's, no. Yeah, no. That's not effective. Either. No. So, so, you know, law enforcement, don't do that because that's... That's just somebody looking for things wrong. And if you look, you'll find it. Yeah. And I've seen, I have seen a lot of patrol in my day that that's all they do. They're looking for everything wrong. Yeah. And so you got to come up with better ideas. Yeah. Training's it, out there. It, I think it's hard for a lot of these guys to get in that mindset because it's so easy to be defeated. Sure. By some of these leaders because they have a lot of power over you, right? Sure. Um, and some of them are already pretty defeated. It's, just all I'm saying to you guys that are in that spot, because I know a couple personally that are like completely broken sure. by by leadership systems and the failures in the leadership system and the failures to educate those leaders properly. Um, it's not something that you have no power over. Right. Right. You you have the ability to start creating relationships. That's what Jocko says, man. It's all about creating relationships. It is. He in in one of the videos I was watching, he explains how. He was under every type of leader that you can imagine. I'm sure. And he's written all the books on leadership. Sure. Right? Like all of them. So, and he said, under every leader, good, bad, brilliant, tactician, warrior, doesn't matter. I was the same person and I had the same relationship with that person because that was my job Mm -hmm. was to have a good relationship with them so that I could get things done that I need to get done. Right. Because if I destroy that relationship out of ego, then I can't get things done. So, and all my job is as an officer is to get stuff done. Well, and you go put a target on your back too. You, oh, tell me about it. So, yeah. And then you're, they're never going to listen to you. No. So, okay. Little, little lessons learned here. Yeah. <laughs> lessons with Walker. That's it. Um, so in this process with this sergeant, I went to war for those six months with this sergeant. Did not go well. I got written up over a dozen times uh, for anything from totally reasonable things to be written up for because I was being a little bit reckless, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Nothing absurd, but just breaking little rules that he was just like, I'm going to slap you for that one. And fair enough. Um, To things that were completely absurd, right? Uh Um, And I became inclined to believe that this sergeant was targeting me, right? Which is entirely possible, right? 
again, not entirely his fault since I made a big red target on my face every time I opened my mouth in briefing, right? Sure. Uh, it, neither one justifies the other. Right. But, but we both made our actions. Right? Sure. And I paid the cost for it. So over those next six months, I went to war with this guy. And then as soon as I could for the shift bid, I got away from him, mm-hmm. right? And relatively successfully. I was on a different shift and under a different sergeant. So like I hardly ever saw this guy. But did the word get passed on between sergeants that yes. you were a problem? Yes. I went okay. from this sergeant to the sergeant that I call Sergeant A, the okay. great sergeant. And the first thing this sergeant pulled me aside and said was, hey, I've heard some bad stuff about you, mm-hmm. um, but this is a fresh slate, right? And we, we had a good go, and that was I was incredibly productive good. with that sergeant. That was one of my best six months. I had the, me and this other officer, we battled over the most arrests. He barely beat me. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Children. <laughs> uh, it's always a dick measuring contest. That's it. Um, but That's anyway, it. Uh, so I was able to get away from this other sergeant and I, I kind of moved on, right? I still, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of anger from what had happened. Sure. Um, and it kind of gave me a sour taste for leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never really been what I felt was like done wrong like that, right? Right. Because uh, I didn't think I did anything wrong sure. at the time. I was like, no, this guy's an idiot. And I told him he was an idiot because he's being an idiot. Mm-hmm. There was even a point in here, this is, if there was any gasoline on this fire, it was this, where he pulled me into his office. We were going back and forth and he goes, I feel like you just don't respect me. And I said, I don't. <laughs> that went well. Um, so... Right, so here's that's just, better than what I did. I told somebody that my German <laughs> Shepherd was smarter than they were, and they were pretty high ranking in the agency. I can't imagine why they've got a problem with me, but anyway, <laughs> it was a true statement. But I right, yeah. Have said sometimes that sometimes the truth is better buffered. Sure. And so I made a lot of these mistakes. Right, I am just barely touching the tip of the iceberg on what all the things that I said and did, and like is, even legitimate issues I had. Sure. I made them like completely visible to everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's because I wanted the backup from other right. people to be like, yeah, man, we got your back. That was screwed up or whatever. That's probably what Validation. it is. Right. That's probably what it is. But Or to make him feel outnumbered because he was a sergeant. Who knows? There's probably a lot of psychology behind that. Sure. But I'll leave that to you. And so I, I waged war and I got away from this guy and then I was jaded with leadership and I was angry and still outspoken. I hadn't learned my lesson yet. And then this guy and I started to intersect a little bit again. Hmm. Right? And... So this one intersection happened where they were enforcing some new policy where it's it's kind of rampant right now for the last year where you can't like curse and do anything else, right? It's, it's in my opinion, a little silly, but I'm not admin. I'm sure they see something I don't. But It's because everybody's got cameras, right? <laughs> Yeah, they don't want to look bad, right? right. So the, what do they call it? The channel five test? Yeah. Um, so this, this happened and he reached across... Uh, squad lines and punished me even though he's not my sergeant right okay uh didn't go through my sergeant right he slipped up by doing it that way and i let him have it right i went to admin i did a proper complaint i did like i was like oh opportunity of attack like right i I got him give him enough rope coup d'etat yeah i got him right Uh so i went and i went after this guy Mm -hmm. right and this was months long months long right still haven't learned my lesson i'm in the middle of this Mm -hmm. And I write this ten-page address to like the, the whole command staff. All this issue. Go read that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, they. Yeah, well, and so I go through this huge fight to try and do all this, and right towards the end of it, as I'm finishing, I'm not even exaggerating. It was ten pages. I'm sure. And relatively well written. I'm sure of that too. And, they don't care. And no, and and. As I'm writing it, there's a, there's a part where you have to say it's your um, request for resolution, right? Uh-huh. It's, okay, so you have this big complaint. What do you want us to do about it? Right. right? Don't just complain. Have a solution. Right. 
So initially it was like, I want him demoted or fired or right, like, right? Because I'm angry, right? I'm doing all this out of anger, anger, uneducated anger, right? Death penalty. Yeah, I'm like totally justified in my righteous hatred of this guy. So I'm writing all this stuff out. And as I'm writing it, I'm also, on while I'm patrolling and doing all these other things when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Jocko. I'm mm-hmm. listening to Jordan Peterson. I'm talking to other sergeants that are good leaders and trying to understand. Right. And at the time, I had the the sergeant that, because uh, I had transitioned. It took this long. I had transitioned to another sergeant, the one that actually quit after being a sergeant, right? You he, ran him off. I know. Right? Ace, is, he was, <laughs> Ace is something else apparently to have to deal with. I'm a disaster, guys. So, But this guy, he was one of my FTOs, probably one of the most competent officers at our department. Um, that quit? He quit being a sergeant. Oh, oh, room. oh, yeah. oh, okay. Um, and he he's just... The guy's got his head on straight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he tells you don't do that, it's just like, I don't know why, but I'm just not going to do it. Sure. He, he knows something I don't. Sure. Um, he just he earned that with me being my FTO. And then he was on my squad a lot, too, as sure. an officer before he promoted. And he, when I would talk to him about some of this stuff, he wouldn't tell me that what I was doing was wrong. Right. But he, I just got this feeling from him that I was being way unreasonable right so i started yeah right so just his quiet leadership of just like hmm okay you want him to get fired okay all right that's interesting right stuff like that where it's like he's planting those little seeds kind of like i'm saying we should do with those leaders right Mm -hmm. he was doing that back to me and it sunk in finally that like dude i'm the problem i'm the problem this guy's part of the problem right this sergeant sucks yes but i am not making it better right i'm not making it better right so I ended up changing it to, I just want him to get trained as a leader. Just send him to a class and then hold him to his training. Sure. Right? So this goes up the chain and uh, whatever mistakes are made. And this thing ends up getting trashed because it wasn't done properly or whatever. <laughs> and they, it, I, I think they might have made their excuses. But also, I had the, the entire department knew about, the, nobody makes formal complaints. Right. Every, I'm in a small department. Every single person at this department knew about this 10 page complaint about this particular sergeant and everybody was biting their fingernails because everybody in command staff was like what do we do with this thing Mm -hmm. right so i think the one mishap that kind of gave them the loophole to throw it out they were like oh thank god and if any of you were listening i don't blame you right right i don't blame you i was starting fires and i get that so well you wanted revenge that that was what you wanted right rather than yep Let's fix what's broken. You're right. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. And I started to realize it at the end, but I submitted it anyway, but with a different request, thinking that that would balance it out for me. Sure. But it was it was just the wrong way to go about it, right? So it died. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is like the lessons I've learned is you, you can feel justified mm-hmm. and this sergeant can be a total asshole. Sure. That doesn't mean the way that you're acting is justified you're it not de- going to win the war you're yeah, not that's that's it, not a battle you win that way no. you don't win that with brute force it, no. <laughs> what do they say like a front a full frontal attack yes rarely used for right. a reason right, right. we don't <laughs> so that's and that's what i did i tried to just charge them and you know see what happened right i do not have the manpower by myself to make those kind of changes so they just said shush man go away mm-hmm. do your job right and something that initially pissed me off is there was a lieutenant that was trying to resolve this between me and this sergeant and he's like, he's like, well, what if you have to work for this guy again? To- and, I, and I said, I'm never going to work for that guy again. Never say never. And, and he goes, he goes, well, then maybe you shouldn't work here. That's ridiculous. Because if you have to work under him, you guys are going to have to deal with each other. Right. And I was like, I was like, no, 
I, it is not okay the way this guy, I, I was losing my mind, right? It was back mm-hmm. in the middle of all that. And I look back and I'm ashamed of how I act when he said that because he's absolutely right. Sure. There, there's no reason that, I, especially knowing what I know now, that I couldn't go back and work for him and be a productive officer regardless of his leadership style, right? Sure. It, would I enjoy the little harassments? No. I don't like the way your boots are tied. Fix right. that. It's like, oh, yeah, yes, sir. Right? Like right. little things like that. Yeah, he sucks. But that's <laughs> there's a better way to go about it, and it's sure. about putting your ego aside. And I have a ton of ego, and that's really that was really hard for me, yep. right? And it's, it's easier for me to say now that I'm disconnected from it. Sure. But if you put me back under him, that I'm I'm certain that my reflex in a lot of instances would be ego battle, mm-hmm. right? Because like I said, I have a big ego, ego. So I'm like, oh, let's do war, dude. I'm going to win. Oh, and, yeah. and it's like, I totally don't consider the stripes on the shoulder. So don't make the same mistakes I made. Don't, don't go to war with these people. There's a better way. And it's, it's just, it, it's as successful as you think you're going to be by going to war. <laughs> be quiet about it. Be respectful. Try and make changes in a polite manner in private make suggestions don't ask don't, don't try tell. to make it their idea yeah that's yeah you know i went in starting out again this was 1992 i go in like a bull in a china shop i have the answers and here's what i'm going to do yeah and if there are any montgomery police officers listening which there probably are they're going to start laughing they already know what i'm gonna say um but i was one of the only people they laughed about i got banned from headquarters <laughs> what and my husband would look at me and go, rapists and murderers aren't banned from there, Susan. I said, I know, I'm on a special list. <laughs> One time the chief and I got into it about something, and I'm patting him on the back. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for the hole where the mayor puts his hand. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no sense of humor. No. Apparently not. So this is why I work for me. Yeah. Because, again, I could do things like that. Did it get me? It, it, you know, it, it actually got me some brownie points with the troops. Sure. Um, but it didn't get me any closer to getting under the shield up and running. Right. <laughs> and so, but then I would, you know, catch him doing something else and he'd welcome me back into the building and everything's a trade. Um, absolutely. And so, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to pick your battles and, you know, retain information and know that there's a time you might be able to use it somewhere else. But yeah. again, you use it with this sergeant, if, especially if you're fairly new, if you're not on your way out the door. You know, it may not work with this sergeant. File it away for the next sergeant. Yeah, man. Become a sergeant. Work to change the system. Yeah. Don't don't sit down in patrol and I'll never be a sergeant. I'll never be a supervisor. You know what? Get out there and make it better for people. Yeah. Um, if like you got the answer, Chris should yes. be a sergeant, and and he <laughs> should be, but he's down to the last two and a half years. Oh yeah. You know, we're not talking about somebody with a lot of years left. That's true. And so his attitude is the officers see him as he knows everything a sergeant like a knows. Leader. Yeah. Yeah. So they can go to him safely because he's not a sergeant. Right. And get the same information. Yeah. So he's a he's a resource and it's a great resource to have. Mm-hmm. And he's not bitter about it. As a matter of fact, he's kind of relieved. He's having fun. He's actually enjoying his job. Yeah. I think a lot more than he did as a sergeant. Yeah. And in and, and doing these things in this better way, mm-hmm. trying to make relationships and be successful, it certainly isn't going to make it any harder. Right. Right? Is even if that fails, it's just that guy not being receptive to you. I sure. mean, and maybe it's just you're not doing it right. That's always a possibility, right? You might be able to change things up. Sure. It's always better to look within, in my opinion, uh, something that I failed to do. Lesson hard learned. But it's, 
try and see what you can do better to increase that relationship value, right? Right. If you're always uh, going to battle with this person, you're making them your enemy. Right. It's you're not giving them a choice. It's not. No, they'll they'll always. It's kind of like starting sentences with the word "you." Yeah. Confrontational right off the bat. Yeah, it separates the two. Yep. Yep. It needs to be. I think. Yep. And how about this? You know, read about this. Something. Give them something that they can take and take credit for, and you not worry about it. Yeah. If you want credit for it, you're in a different place too. Yeah. It has to be okay that the supervisor takes full credit for it. and Because the point is, is to get the job done. That's exactly right. And that's why this one quote that I had found, it says, to lead is not to just get from point A to point B. It's getting to point A and B while also developing people along the way. Yeah. And I think that's forgotten too many times. Yeah. Because when it comes to being just about the person, What's my next promotion? What do I have to do to make the chief or sheriff happy so that I'm looked at for my next promotion, don't care about my people? Mm-hmm. The people still have to get the job done, and they can either make him look really good or make him look really bad. Yeah. there's So there was a, something that this sergeant told me when we were having a discussion early on, and it I don't think it, it shows anything about his particular character. I think it shows about the mentality mm-hmm. of the position. And a lot of what law enforcement ends up in. Sure. He said, I'm not after you. I'm just trying to help you survive the next 23 years. Right. It's like, well, then you'd be teaching me how to gunfight. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're not teaching me how to survive the next 25 years. You're, you're teaching me how to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. This job is conflict. It is. So, But the, the best thing we can do is prepare in the best way possible for that conflict. Right? So if I'm going, you're going to have conflict with a leader. Sure. So if I'm going to have conflict with a leader, what is the best way to do that to ensure the highest likelihood of a good outcome, right? And that's to try and develop that relationship. Sure. Whether that's a lieutenant, a sergeant, whatever, all the way up your chain of command. When you're a sergeant, these skills will come in handy, right? You'll be able to work with that leader. I mean, I'm not a sergeant, so I don't want to speak for sergeants because I'm probably an idiot when it comes to sergeant stuff, but we should have one in to talk about it. But it's... I don't see how it would be any different because I'm, I'm in a position of relative power as an officer and that sergeant is trying to navigate me, right? Try, right. To, try to aim me in a good direction. I imagine it's the same thing no matter where you are in leadership. It's just a broader scale. Sure. Well, and relationships are about negotiation. Yeah. And, and there are going to be some leaders that, again, their ego because they're too insecure and all that kind of stuff that they are going to just be the authority. Okay, you're the authority, whatever. Um, it's not permanent. Yeah. Nobody has just one supervisor throughout their entire career. People come and go. And again, it's how how you manage it. And I think there's so much confusion right now in law enforcement because, you know, it has been a paramilitaristic organization yeah. for many years. And now there's a great deal of confusion about whether y'all are, you know, we've gone through community policing. Yep. We've gone through all this stuff. But the problem is a lot of people have had no more training than what they had in the beginning where they were trained paramilitaristically. And now they want the whole environment to change. Supervisors are in a tough spot. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, I think there's a lack of precise direction. Yes. Right? Definitive direction. I think our purpose has become a little too broad. Mm-hmm. Or it's become appropriately broad 
and our training and experience hasn't caught up hasn't caught up so either one or the other in my small humble opinion um it i don't know that just the supervisors have the ability to change that that's that's an entire industry change and i don't know it is and i don't know who starts that and i don't either that's that's (laughs) i think that's been the confusion for us at under the shield is we don't really know where we're supposed where we can go in to make the most yeah um and have the most impact yeah but you know a lot of people from lieutenant and above in most agencies go to the fbi naa up in Mm -hmm. quantico great training the frustration i find is so many of them come back and it stops at their desk. Yeah. They don't disseminate the information out to others who don't get to go. Cause well, I think the difficulty there might be it's it's not the landscape is different. Like if you go out to that, that training facility and then you come back to my department mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this structure is different than what they have. And sure. I don't I don't see how to implement that from my position outward, especially right. if you're the only one. Right. That would be, that, that would seem like. An- and usually departments can only afford to send one or two at a time. Right. And it may be even in a year. Um, and again, but you're getting information that whether it's about wellness, mental wellness, stress management, leadership styles, whatever, at least put it in memos out to people. Yeah. Talk about it in briefings. Well, share your information, right? Yes. Don't, don't keep it. If it's good stuff, don't keep it. Yeah. Share it out. Yeah, it's. That, but just know, and this isn't just here in the in the Phoenix Valley. This is everywhere. Yeah, I've seen it from Canada, all the way across this country, state, federal, local. I've said from the beginning: number one stressor in law enforcement across the board is supervision. Yeah, that is the number one stressor. I say that's for sure true where I'm at. It is everywhere. Yeah, it is everywhere. It makes sense, and it's sad. And again. You know, we would welcome your feedback on this if you have uh, some input into it. And again, we offer a training class on this that we have gotten rave reviews at Haida here. They say it's one of the most requested classes. Um, And, you know, it's something I enjoy teaching. So that's an option here. We've also got, don't forget our trainings too, that include spouses. We're going to start talking too about some stress and stuff for holidays. Oh, yeah. Coming got- up. <laughs> and now Ace has done something stupid and he's hurt himself. And so he's going to. Oh, yeah. Good times. Yeah. All around. <laughs> so, yeah. Just don't. Can't keep him out of trouble. We'll close this one out with just don't make the same mistakes I made. Right. Don't fight the battles you don't have to fight. Yep. Because you become somebody that no one wants to listen to, even if you got good ideas in the end. Right. I've learned a lot of lessons. I've done a lot of things. But I don't get to use that yet because I created too many enemies along the way. So I need to start rebuilding relationships before any of that is valued. And look in your psychological garbage can. Sometimes it's because you got other stuff going on at home. Exactly right. Whatever. You've got stuff that's happened on the street that's bothering you. You, You're afraid to talk to somebody. Again, that's what our 855 number is for. You know, a lot of times just emptying that psychological garbage can can lessen the angst at work with yeah. a supervisor who may not quite get it. Um, but don't let that compound the situation. Yeah. It's just one of the many tools that yes. you that you need to do your job, right? Yes. It's not just a gun and a badge and a belt, taser, all that stuff. There's a lot of psychological tools that we need. Yep. We're problem solvers. We use our brains for everything. So we need to start 
learning how to manage that properly and efficiently. And sleep is key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And something a lot of people, myself included, aren't getting very much of right now. Um, but Shame it, on you. It, it's a lot about, well, you're going to be getting a lot of it now. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of it about your tolerance levels also. Yeah. So call us at 855-889-2348. Um, if you hit extension one, you're more likely going to get me. Or you can hit my direct extension. I think it's two. Or you can hit one of the extensions for the other stress coaches. Um, again, I'll give my cell number out, 334-324-3570. Uh, if you need to talk to somebody, your spouses do, um, kids, whatever, family. Um, or if you think your department's interested in the training, call us. Yeah. And we'd love to also get your feedback on the podcast as well as future shows, what you'd like to hear. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some more guests. Chris is going to come back again in, in December with a little different take on this. We're going to be talking about our theory. He and I are writing a theory on anxiety and how law enforcement officers deal with anxiety. And it's kind of interesting. Oh, right on. It was weird letting this evolve. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but I hope uh, all of you have a great Thanksgiving. I'm sure many of you will be working the beauty of Thanksgiving, it can be any day of the year you want it to be. Mm-hmm. We probably all should be celebrating Thanksgiving every day. Um, but be safe out there. Take care of your families. Take care of yourselves. Uh, thank you for your sacrifices. We appreciate you uh, here, and we're here for you. All you got to do is give us a call. Yeah, thanks, guys. We appreciate you joining us. We love you. We'll see you next time. Take care.